so much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. You're listening to the AW360 podcast from Advertising Week. On this episode, the first of two this week, I speak with Esther Raphael, Chief Marketing Officer at media and technology company Intersection. But this episode isn't about media or technology. Instead, Esther shares her leadership experience and weighs in on topics important to any business in any industry today, specifically the great resignation, retaining talent, and what she refers to as the stay interview. I hope you enjoy this episode. Esther, welcome back to the AW360 podcast. Glad to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we we had a, a bit of a mishap with the first time around, but um, I'm so happy you were able to join again. So you are Chief Marketing Officer at Intersection. Tell me a little bit about Intersection and what you guys do. Intersection is an experience-driven out-of-home media and technology company, and we deliver programming, consumer amenities, and advertising to cities, and all of that just so that brands can speak directly to consumers as they go about their daily journey. In a post-COVID world, one of the things that I like talking to leaders about is sort of the taking the temperature of people in our industry. If you don't mind, I'd like to kind of go that direction with this conversation. Sure. We've heard a lot about the great resignation and much has been made about it. To what degree do you think our industry has been impacted and why? Tremendously impacted, but it's not only our industry, it's it's every industry. I was reading this really interesting stat the other day as I continue to think about this myself for our own team, for our own company. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics announced that there were 11.3 million job openings in February, which is 5 million more than the level of unemployed workers. Wow. When you think about it like that, what an incredibly fascinating time to have more jobs than there are even folks looking for jobs open. So it's impacted the whole country, but especially in advertising where there's always been an appetite to change, especially for creatives, to change roles maybe a little bit more often to get your hands on something new. It's becoming increasingly hard to retain talent. And it's something that we're all focusing on. I'm sure you guys are are the same thinking about how we kind of hold the line and hold our top talent with us. You know, it's fascinating because to me, personally speaking, it feels like it's all levels of the industry. You know, I have a lot of friends who are in the creative industry and they're moving to different places, even though, you know, not a whole lot of them were really, I don't know, distraught with where they were to begin with. But nonetheless, they're they're getting far better offers. And, you know, just I, I think looking for a change of pace. What can employers do to retain talent moving forward? One of the things that came out of this that I've found really interesting is this concept of the stay interview. So it's all about having one-on-one conversations with your employees and having that conversation before they say we're going, right? How do we get you to stay? How do we keep them engaged and identifying career pathing and workshopping pain points while they're still with you? How do you have that conversation and then take action so that you never have to get to the resignation? And so this would typically happen long before an exit interview. Is this like, are you proposing sort of a a regular occurrence then, you know, like every six months or something like that, or, you know, less frequently, more frequently? 
think it depends on the team and depends on how formal your company is by nature. You know, I've done this a bunch of different ways and I'm a really big supporter of having these type of conversations, obviously, more importantly, keeping employees engaged year round, but it's important to connect with the people on your team while they're here, understand any issues that they're struggling with. And as a manager, being able to help them workshop that, help them problem solve those issues long before they ever come to you and say, I've had enough and I, I found my new home. So if that happens quarterly, if that happens when you do your formal reviews, that's really, I think, a company culture thing and how often the paces of doing check-ins. And do you think that the sort of having these stay interviews, are they making sort of a general positive change in corporate culture in the various companies that are, that are using them? I think so. I mean, we've, I've been putting this into practice. And when I think about them, I think about them in kind of five pillars that you should build them around. So the first being trust. The second is the format of them. The third is active listening. The fourth is delivering. And then the fifth, kind of just thinking about the overall culture. So When you think about the first pillar, which is trust, to me, it's this conversation can't be your starting point. In order to have a conversation like this, a really genuine conversation, you have to have already built a safe environment for your team, a team that is built on trust with shared principles that they can speak up with ideas, with questions, with concerns, with mistakes. And then from there, you can dig deeper and build those relationships. But if you don't have a solid foundation, having an interview like this is just going to seem off. So this is not your first, this is not the first place you start when you're thinking about retaining employees, start by building a team based on trust. And then I think this is something you could absolutely introduce. And then when thinking about the format, I've done it a couple of different ways. You can obviously have a really formal process, or you can just be really direct and informal and say like, what's it going to take to keep you with me, which I've done. And that of course you know, the timing has to be right. And as managers, you have to be really tuned into the moods and the motivations of your direct reports to come out with a question like that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that works too over dinner. And if you want a more formal approach, I would start by building a structure for this type of conversation so that employees know what to expect. And if that looks like a list of conversation starters in advance, so you frame the chat before you walk into the room, I would think about conversations like, how do you see your future playing out at the company? What do you like and dislike about your role? And then after that first conversation, the following check-ins, again, depending on how often you think they work best for your team, will be a lot easier and flow more naturally. And, you know, we hear a lot about employees being, let's just call it dissatisfied with their particular company culture to the point where I wonder how often we're hearing about it when it's only the negative. I, it's and and that's kind of you know the, the the state of the world we're in. We don't hear about you know this company X over here has a fantastic company culture, or if you do, you hear about it far more rarely than when you know a brand or a company has problems. Do you think that that is weighing into the great resignation that we're seeing? And if so, how does something like a stay interview address those particular issues? I think culture was something really difficult to focus on over the pandemic. You know, when you're all at your laptop, or for the most part, many of us, especially in this industry, how do you keep a culture alive? That was a very hard thing for all of us to to think about. It was something completely new that we had to wrap our brains around. So it's important that you keep employees passionate about your workplace and keep that culture strong, especially now that many of our offices are reopening. So think hard about what made your employees love their time at the office before. And what parts of that can you keep going virtually if you have a hybrid? 
And what can you bring back now that many, you know, now that so many places are opened? And in this conversation that you have with employees, you may uncover themes. You may uncover themes about the culture that you are really happy to hear and some that hurt a little, <laughs> but in that conversation, listen, absorb, let them speak freely. And, and you will walk away having a, a much clearer understanding of what you can do to impact change at your company so that you don't have to lose them for this reason. Going back to kind of my personal experiences with people who've recently changed jobs and in some cases just changed careers entirely. One of the things that came up a lot was not necessarily pay or a culture issue, although those are in there. More often than not, though, it was, you know, I was home during the pandemic and I was working from home and I had a hybrid workplace and, you know, everybody wanted to get back to the office and I didn't necessarily want to do that. So when, you know, this company over here offered me the chance to continue that with, you know, slightly higher pay, I took it. What are the more common themes that you see when you see the kind of the great resignation? What are the things that people are most looking to change in their current occupation? I think work-life balance that you just touched on is is one of the top things we're hearing. And I was just speaking to a friend about this last night, you know, pre-pandemic, I have, we, I worked, I'll speak for myself. I worked, let's say I was out of my house seven to seven. I have two small children and that felt very normal, right? You know, I'd, I'd wave in the morning and then <laughs> I'd come home and I would maybe have dinner, maybe not with them and then put them into bed and you do that whole routine again. And it didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. It felt like that's what my life was like. And then you've had this two years where for me, when the pandemic started, my little one was two. So now I've been home with him for two years. Those are big two years. He turned three and four. And now I've got to put him on a bus. I get to take him to school in the morning. I get to take my older one to some of her activities. And all of a sudden you're faced with that moment of, am I so ready to give that back? Am I so ready to, and again, this is one small example of just, you know, being a working mom. Am I ready to give all of that time back? And would I accept a role that said to me, you have to be in the office every single day, whatever those hours are, and therefore return me to the routine I had two years ago. And the answer is more than likely not. And a lot of people are thinking through that lens of what did they gain, right? Obviously, we, we've all had a very tough two years and we've all experienced a tremendous amount of loss. But to me, I do think there were some things that were, you know, lemons into lemonade, like gaining perspective on the things in your life that are really important to you. And that could be those moments with your kids. It could be getting to work out in the morning. It could be, you know, being there for a loved one and no one is ready to completely return that. So that is a big part of what companies have to think about. Where are you willing to have, have wiggle room? Are you willing to adapt a hybrid role? Are you allowing people to work from home entirely? And once you make that decision, you are going to have some fallout and you are going to have some people who say, I can't, I can't commit to that, but you have to do what you think is right for your culture ultimately, because who you are as a company is the reason people come to you. And if that means sometimes we have to be together, which I can tell you here at Intersection, we are back for two days and I love it so much. <laughs> there I say, I actually wish it was three now, even though I was so excited about two. It is so great to have three days at home to do all the things I just said, but then two days to be face-to-face -face with my colleagues who make this team the special team that it is. Like what the people here are top of the list of the reasons why I work here. So to be able to sit here with them and have a laugh and to brainstorm and to collaborate live, that to me, it can't be replaced. So every office has a different vibe. Every office has a different 
look and feel for what they want for their teams. But you have to now realize that the employee has so many choices and you have to listen. You have to listen with an open mind and be prepared to give a little bit if you really want to keep the team you have today. Do you feel that these changes, you know, presumably a lot of companies are going to start making them, I hope. I mean, we we do read these stories in, in the news from time to time where, you know, a really big company, for example, uh, Apple, will have this really sort of diehard approach to the whole thing where they'll go, nope, everybody's coming back on May 1st. And, you know, if you don't come back, well, just don't come back. And, you know, you kind of look at that and you go, well, that's, that's a little rough, isn't it? And then, you know, of course, two weeks later, they change their minds anyway. But looking down the road, do you think that these are changes that are going to stick or these expectations that people are going to continue to have long term that brands and companies are going to have to comply with? I just read something the other day. I wish I remembered so I could quote it properly, but it was talking, it was like a, it was someone saying that they felt in two or three years time, we would all be back to full five days in the office. And, you know, I think there's going to be people on both sides of this argument. Some people will say, just like I said, oh my God, we're in here for two days. I wish it was three. You never know how quickly it will take to inch back to five, right? I have two, I want three, I have three, I want four. Like, what does that look like? But at the end of the day, right now, I don't, I don't know what five years from now looks like, but right now this is a market where an employee can get a job in a blink of an eye. So you're going to have to be nimble and companies are going to have to be really tuned into what's going on around them, especially in their competitive set and kind of play off of what everyone's doing and, and understand the needs of the market. I, I don't think anyone's going back five days a week, uh, you know, maybe Apple, I don't know what Apple's doing. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think they our, do. So. <laughs> I don't think in our industry and in advertising will we see people say it's five days, we're a bank, we're behaving like a bank. Everyone get back to your desk for five days straight. But I think things will change. Things will continue to evolve as we see the business continue to evolve as a result of the last two years. You know, you're the first person I've had the joy on the show of being able to speak about this particular topic. So I'm just going to start asking all the questions that, sure. that I have. I think the, the biggest one for me, I mean, we Advertising Week is a global business. We have events all over the world. And I always wonder, I read American-based news, but I don't have a lot of my colleagues overseas necessarily talking about the great resignation. They're not necessarily talking about, you know, they've, they've always talked about work-life balance, but it always felt to me without my asking them, obviously, you know, that they had a bit better work-life balance than we do here. Do you think that the, um, is, is there evidence that the great resignation is a uniquely American problem or the majority of it's an American problem? And if so, these solutions, are they already being used elsewhere that you know of? I don't know definitively, but I can tell you from watching my husband works in a financial institution and the majority of his team is not in America. Mm -hmm. And they are just now, it seems, reaching a conversation we all started here many months ago about this great resignation. Every day he's getting a call from a different country saying like, your whole team quit today. (laughs) So I think, you know, just like we normally are, you know, with COVID, we're getting it delayed after uh, the rest of some of our European friends, maybe the great resignation has started here and is making the way over to Europe. But listen, everyone is going to be faced with, forget, forget whether or not outside of the United States, there are more jobs available than there are people willing to work. Everyone is going to be faced with a return of some kind and a return and a demand from employees to have a different kind of life. So whether or not they have to face it yet, they're going to have to face it eventually. What are you going to say to an employee who says, I've, I've taken over care for my my mother, 
and I cannot come back and I can't be in the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays because X, Y, Z, you have choices to make now because people have spent two years rethinking their life and everyone is going to have to to think through case, either case by case, or if you're going to, you're a huge company like an Apple and you have to make one decision that applies to everyone, it's going to be what the heart and soul of the company wants to represent. And then you're going to have to hold, hold true. And lastly, what advice would you have for other leaders in the space or just other leaders, period, it could be any space really, who are faced with a rapid decline in the amount of people who really want to return? What would you tell them? Whenever I think about corporate culture. I've thought so much about this notion of the goodbye drinks, because I think it relates so much to what's going on in, in the world today and in companies with a great resignation. This concept that when somebody leaves, we all go out for drinks and we toast them. And it's always, it has not sat, sat well with me, because why aren't we saying thank you to an employee for if we're going to go toast someone when they actually work here? <laughs> so to me, what I'm going to think about for the rest of the year, my biggest takeaway for 2022 and beyond is to really live in the present, to officially ditch that goodbye drinks, that goodbye moment, um, both figuratively and literally, and focus on the people who are here now and surround me today. How can I put my energy as a leader, as somebody who's here to help the team, help the company achieve whatever our goals are together? How do I give them that time to express to us what's going to keep them engaged? What's going to keep them driven? And the only way to do that is to focus on them as individuals with these moments like stay interviews to continue to build teams that are built with safety and trust. And I have a feeling if we all spend a little bit more time doing that, we'll be able to hold a little bit of a, hold the line here on the great resignation. Amazing answer. Well, Esther, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Thanks so much for, for taking the time to do this. Thank you. It's great chatting. Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn about Advertising Week's world-leading global events like Advertising Week Europe coming to London this May, visit www.advertisingweek.com and follow us on social media. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.